Thanks so much for joining us today on Leesburg Community Church's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, including directions and service times, please visit leesburgcc.org. On our website, you can also find notes and daily devotionals based on this teaching. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you liked today's message. Hey, uh, we're going to be in Romans 15 today. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand and somebody will bring it up to you so you can read right from the scriptures and, uh, and somebody will bring it to you. And um, if you have your own Bible, turn to uh, Romans 15 and we're going to start in 14 and we'll be in 14 through 22. I think somewhere in your outline it actually says it goes to 24, which is incorrect. We go to uh, only going to 22 today and that's where we'll be. Before we get into that though, I do want to share a couple other things with you. And the first one is this. Uh, if you see that Connect card in front of you, just go ahead and fill that out. If you're a, a visitor or you're just here for the first couple times, maybe fill that out. Let us know so we can just uh, give you a call or an email or something and just say, hey, how can we uh, walk alongside of you? If you're one of our regular attenders or members, please fill it out and uh, let us know you're here. We got to call a couple more families last week that we weren't sure if they were on vacation or what was going on. It turned out that there were some things going on in their life, and we got to interact with them. And uh, as God would do in one of his glorious acts and glorious moments, I sent an email out, and the person I sent it to was actually on a train on her way to see her grandson who was in surgery. And uh, the surgery was only supposed to be a couple hours, and it turned out to be an incredibly lengthy surgery where they had to end up going into his brain to move a tumor. And I was like, wow, praise Jesus that we got to talk and now we're praying and we got other people praying. And it was all because she turns in connect cards and there was some missing for a while. So we were able to connect with her and see what was going on in her life. So please do that. But also keep it as a tool, okay? And you're going to turn it in as you leave. I want you to use it as a tool. Last week, we started telling you, hey, write down a teacher's name. If you have a teacher that you're close to, you have a teacher you know of in the congregation, you have a teacher that you actually teach with, whatever it happened to be, write down a teacher's name, a couple teachers' names, and put their school and their grade if you know it so that we can pray for them. And we're going to collect these for a couple of weeks, and we're having cards right now made up with all their names on there. And on the 8th, here's what I'm just saying. You're going to want to be here on the 8th and the 15th, two huge Sundays in the life of our church. But on the 8th, we are going to be uh, dedicating our new children's area. Our elementary area is going to be opening up, and uh, it is going to be an amazing day. We're going to leave the service about five or ten minutes early. We're going to head over there, and we're all going to go in there together. We're going to see it for the very first time. You'll be the first ones to walk in. I mean, unless you went to the 830 service, then you won't be because they went before you. But we'll be the first ones to walk in there. And then here's a really cool thing. We're going to have our last worship song together in there with the new sound system and everything like that. And the the team that's going to lead us in that all have children that will be in the children's ministry. So we're going to start off just dedicating that time in worship to the Lord and prayer, saying, Father, use this in children's lives. We want that more than anything else. So, but also on that day, we're going to be passing out all the names of all the teachers we've received. And they're going to be with a card that's going to be in an envelope addressed to their school with their name. And there's going to be a stamp on it. So you can take that card, you can take it home, you can write them an encouraging note and let them know that this year you're praying for them. This year they have somebody in the background in their wings praying for them. And it's going to go to their school and they're going to open it up and they're going to go, whoa. And uh, we dropped off some bagels last year at one of the schools and just said, hey, teachers, we're praying for you. Wanted you to know that. One of the teachers there called me and left me a message that afternoon. She goes, thank you so much. I was having such a difficult day. I didn't think the church cared. I'm like, oh my, care. Of course we care. We're going to be praying for you. 
You have our little ones. And you need, you, especially you, my sister in Christ, need to make sure that they know all about the Jesus you love. And if all you get to do this year is pray for them, well, the Lord will help we'll work with that. And if by chance you get a chance to talk about your faith in some way, shape, or form, oh, the Lord will do something with that too. And so we got to encourage that teacher. So that's why we want to do this, okay? And then uh, this week is, uh, so tonight is our Discover gathering. And if you want to know more about church, it's not too late to sign up. Put that on your Connect card. Just put uh, Discover, I want to be there. We have dinner and childcare and all that good stuff. And uh, all you got to do is let us know you'll be there. That's where you can learn more about the church, the pastors, what we believe, all that, all that. And uh, I meant to say something, but I said all that twice. And then uh, we have our habits class and our foundations class starting this week. Again, all you got to do is text in or email me that you want to be a part of that class, and we'll get that going. Romans 15, okay? This is where we're at. So Paul has taken, we've taken a look at chapter 8 briefly. Then we took a look at chapter 12 briefly. And now we're going to look briefly at a section in chapter 15. Let me start in verse 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Mm. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again. Because of the grace God gave me to be a minister to, to Christ Jesus, to the minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. Uh, in me leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power and, of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Ilicrum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. So here we see Paul picking up and and what he's doing is he's sharing uh, his heart for, for declaring the gospel. He's sharing what excites him. He's sharing who gets the, uh, the, the, uh, the praise for all that's taking place. And we're going to learn a few things about what it means to go out into the world from this passage. Again, we've discovered that we belong to Christ. And because we belong to Christ, we belong to one another. And we belong together, helping one another out, serving one another. And because we belong together and we have this amazing message and we have this amazing support and we understand and have this amazing relationship with Christ, we must go out so that others can have what we have. We must go. And so as, as Paul was talking about going and telling others, we, we see something a little bit earlier in Romans 15 that we didn't read. He said, you see, first we went to the Jews and now I go to the Gentiles. See, because it was the Jews' responsibility to take the message of Jesus Christ and who God was to all the world. But that wasn't just because of Christ. That was always the case. The Jews, the followers, the chosen ones of God were chosen, yes, to be his children, but to go declare everything that they knew about God to the surrounding nations. They were supposed to go and declare the truth of who Yahweh was and, and explain his power and call people into following him and being one of his people as well. 
And oftentimes, instead, they just got mixed up into the world. They just got mixed up into the customs of the world. They got mixed up into the idolatry of the world that was around them. Sound a little bit like somebody, you know? Us. Same thing. You see, the Jews were told to go out and share who God was. They didn't. In Christ, he came and he says, listen, I've constantly called you back to myself. I have constantly saved, saved you from destruction. I have constantly called you into a relationship with me. And now by my blood, I'm going to secure that relationship. By my blood, I'm going to meet all the requirements. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it really incredibly clear to you that you are to go into all the world and tell every person what you now know and what you have. You're going to be faithful with what I've given you. And so literally, before he ascends on high, this is what we see in Matthew, and it should be a really familiar passage. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, which means there's no greater call, there's no higher command, there's no greater expectation than the one that he gives because he has all authority. So then he gives the expectation. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let me pause there for a minute. It says to go and to tell the world and baptize them. That is part of the command that God gave us. If you follow Jesus Christ and you have yet to follow him in baptism, don't wait another day. Put it right on your Connect card and let's get you baptized. Let's help you to follow Christ in obedience. Let's help you to walk the way he intended you to walk. Let's have you celebrate the goodness and identify with his death and resurrection. Let's take you through baptism. But he says to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All nations, all people, everybody's supposed to know. And he says, I'm going to give you the Spirit so that the Spirit will go with you, teaching you along the way that you will now know everything that I have taught and commanded. You will know my heart. You will know my love for people. And I will equip you through every circumstance and in every situation, I will equip you to share the good news that I've given you. And some of us sit there and go, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to learn all that he commanded and taught before I can go out and tell people. Nope. First of all, Jesus sent people along the way. He sent his disciples at different moments while he was still here with them, which meant he still had more teaching to give. Uh, they would have to come back, learn more teaching, and keep going out. They, weren't, they didn't have the whole of all of his teaching. Now, even though they were traveled with him together, they weren't always with him every single moment, every single second. That's why our gospel accounts are slightly different because they're writing from different individual perspectives based upon how they saw and what they saw. And how the Spirit was leading each one of them to articulate that to us. So which meant that together, we're talking about being together, together they would learn more about what Christ taught and what he needed. And yet they were still required to go right now. And, and they, just like us, there was nothing supernatural about them. The Spirit of God that was in them is supernatural, just like the Spirit of God that is within us is supernatural. The Spirit of God that was within them did the supernatural work, just like the Spirit of God that was in us does supernatural work in other people's lives. But they themselves were not supernatural, which means they were not all-knowing, which meant that they were going to continue to learn. They could not know all of God's character. They could not know the whole of God's character. They were going to continue to learn, but they were still required to go. We go with what we have, and we continue to share as we grow more, as we grow more, as we learn. We share more, and we share more. Whatever we have today. If the most you have today is all I know is Jesus loves me and he saved me. Woo! That's a great message. Go with that one. And then keep sharing. As you learn more, keep sharing that. And you go, oh, but they'll have a bunch of questions. That's all right. 
You don't have to answer all the questions. Say, that's, that's what I know today. I can introduce you to some other people who might be able to answer some other questions, but that's what I got, and it's changed my life. Okay, start there. But Paul didn't go out just because uh, there was this command, although that was the primary reason, make no mistake. He didn't go out because if he didn't, who else would, as we saw with the Jews throughout all time? Who else would? No, no, there was more than that. Listen to what he says down here. He says, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to attempt to do something here. And if it works, we can all hip, hip, hooray. If we can't, scratch your head and go home and read it for yourself. Okay? Here's what we got. Romans 8 we said that Paul talked about that we have this obligation because of what Christ did in our lives to work hand in hand with the Spirit and cut out the selfish nature, to literally eradicate it and destroy it out of our lives along with the Spirit. As we find out what is godly and holy, we get rid of that which is selfish and self-preserving. Okay? And then we get to Romans 12 and we find out that the person who's walking in Christ, right? the person who's walking now in the Christ-like nature and cutting out that old flesh that is selfish and self-consuming, now they have an offering to give the Lord, we find in Romans 12, which is a living sacrifice that we're going to literally offer our lives daily, moment by moment, because the flesh that screams, no, I want my way, is being put to death, and the will of God is, is coming forward, and it's saying, I want this moment to be all about you. What do you have for me, Lord? So my life is a living sacrifice. Do with me now and in this moment whatever you'll do. Do it. Okay? And then it says, that is our pleasing worship, right? That is our pleasing offering and worship to the Lord. Remember Romans 12. So here, do you see how this is coming together now? Do you see how it's coming together? And now here he says, what? He says, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Spirit. So here he is saying, I've given my living self to you, and in my living self, you've sent me to the Gentiles, so I've gone, I've sacrificed my ambitions, my drives, I've sacrificed everything, and I've gone, I've given myself to the Gentiles. Uh, a journey, by the way, which somewhere between 14 and 1800 miles, and all he wanted to do was keep finding more and more people who didn't know about Christ or hadn't heard and he says, that's who I'm going to. And he says, now, <laughs> now, put it all together now, because I've offered myself to you, you've said to go, I've went, here I am bringing you what? Gentiles that now know you. Gentiles that believe you. Here's the offering of my life. Now, okay, if, I can, if, if this works, now, picture yourself on the day of judgment. We'll all face judgment. Every person on the face of the planet faces judgment. We'll go stand before the Father. And will be judged. And those who are in Christ will say, oh, my son or my daughter, the blood of Jesus is all I see. You've been forgiven for all of your sins. You are my son. You're my daughter. I know you. That's so great. And then he'll say, after you're fully aware that eternity is yours, you're ready to step into it with him, he'll say, now, what have you done? So I gave you this life. I, I gave you my spirit. I led you. I guided you. I taught you. I gave you opportunities and influence. I put you with people. I directed you. You offered your life as a living sacrifice. I took you to multiple people in multiple situations. And, and I said, and, and as the Spirit's leading you and teaching you, you, you then gave yourself. And, and, and what did you do 
with what I gave you. And can you imagine that moment when we get to go, oh, oh, hey, oh, you see, see them over there? Yeah, yeah. And, and over here? Yeah. And then up there in the balcony? Oh, right. That, that, that's where I went. That, that's where I went. That's, you sent me there. I was your living sacrifice. There it is. There's your offering, Lord. Can you imagine what a glorious day that's going to be when we say, Lord, you gave me all these opportunities and I used them and I, and I declared who you are. And, and, and I, there you go. Our living sacrifice, the offering we return to him, will be changed lives. The offering we return to him will be brothers and sisters. The offering we return to him will be that we have stepped into the opportunities that you gave us to be your sons and daughters. Paul continues on from there and he says this. So he has an offering, right? He realized that going was his offering to the Lord. And then he says this, he says, Paul boasted in the Lord, what the Lord did through him. He says, therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in verse 17 and 19. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except for what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. And it says, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So, so here's what he's doing. He's boasting. He goes, it wasn't me. It's what you did through me. Here's my offering to you, but I, it wasn't me. It's what you did through me. And you're like, okay, why is that so? Whoa, whoa hey, that's great. Why? Why is that so great? Why is that so great? You're off the hook. Right? I mean, come on, when we talk about going and sharing our faith, we talk about going and telling people what we know. We talk about going and, and telling people about this great Jesus. What happens to us? Maybe we get a little, and we get a little, you know, our, our mouth starts to get dry when we think about it. And we're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Are you kidding me? That's not me. Somebody else has to do that. I'll just bring them to church. Open the doors. We'll bring everybody to church. And that, that dude up front will tell them about him because I can't tell anybody about him. You're off the hook. You can't make it happen and you can't stop it from happening. You can't say enough crummy things that would keep somebody from coming to Jesus and keep God from doing the work that he's going to do in people's lives. And you can't say enough good things to bring it about and to convince somebody to follow Jesus. You can't do it. It's, it's the Lord that does it through you. It's him taking the situation that he puts you in and giving you the words to speak and giving you the, the personality that you have, giving you the matchup that he gave you right then and there and, and doing the work in their life. Remember, man, he'll, he'll, cause, he'll cause storms and he'll cause, uh, he'll cause pain and he'll, he'll bring health and, and he'll, bring, he'll bring good things and he'll bring straight up crummy things in people's lives to do what? To draw them into his presence because he loves them that much. Remember, he won't let anything stand in the way. We just sang that song. He loves them that much that whatever it takes to get their attention, he'll do it and he'll use messed up people like us because that was always his plan. Which means you can't mess it up. You're off the hook. We get to glory in what God did because we're like, yeah, I'm not that smart. <laughs> and those of us who think we are that smart, you're not. Just stop. He is going to do the work through us. And we get to glory in him. And what is it we're glorying in? We're glorying in his power and his wonder and his might. Is that not what he said? He said, by the power and signs and wonders through the power of the spirit of God. What's he done in your life? Just tell people about it. How have you seen his great power at work in your life? Just tell people about it. 
You know what? When you, you know, you're like, hey, this happened and that happened. It wasn't a coincidence that I emailed at the exact moment I emailed this, uh, one of the people in our church who actually I was supposed to email two days before and I got sidetracked because, you know, I'm the squirrel guy and I get sidetracked about everything. And so the two, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have emailed her. And I emailed her at that exact moment. Coincidence? Did I just get sidetracked? Was it? No. It was the Lord doing something incredibly specific in that incredible moment that he would get the glory and not me. I'm like, whoa, praise God. That's the only thing I wanted to say. How could that happen like that? Because God did it, and we get to give him the glory. Because that's what our lives are all about, is that he would get the glory. And when he gets the glory, and when it's all about him, what happens? More people surrender their life to him. Because he's the one that becomes the famous one. He's the one that people know have the power to change life. Because he's the one that people know has the power to save. We can't do that. But he can. I have a friend of mine, and... I respect him and love him to death, but I told him he was wrong when he told me this. He said, oh man, I can't, I can't tell people about Jesus. I'll mess it up. And I said, nope, you can't. The only thing you can mess up is not telling people about Jesus because you lose the blessing of watching God do his great work through you. Okay? All right. Now, so Paul boasted in the Lord, we get to do the same thing. Than this. Paul had a local and a global understanding of going. Sometimes we get really comfortable with this idea that we go and we're saying, well, yeah, that's, you, know, you gotta go to Africa. I don't know why everybody picks Africa. There's a lot of other countries out there, but I'm glad they pick Africa. Africa needs us to go. But maybe Indonesia, maybe Malaysia, right? maybe, maybe Venezuela, maybe Argentina. Yeah, it is about that. We're to go globally, it goes to go all the nations. But we're also supposed to go to our own Jerusalem, our own Judea, right? So that means our own neighborhood, our own backyard, our, our own county, our own state, our own country. We are to go everywhere. Notice that the only thing that that passage, the Great Commission, didn't say is it didn't say, don't go. Right? That's the only thing that got left out. He said, go, every one of us, every one of us, go and tell. That means that we're going to be telling people that are our next door neighbors. We're going to be going and telling people that are coworkers. We're going to be going down the street and we're going to be going to the other side of the county and we're going to be going to the other side of the United States and we're going to be going to the different hemisphere and we're going to be going to an individual room in our house and we are going to declare the good news, the grace, the mercy, and the love of Jesus Christ because it's been given to us to give away to others because the plan of God is to work through us because he said the harvest is ready. The workers are few. Oh, let that not be said of our church. The workers aren't few. Lord, we're ready to go. Point us to the harvest. We'll go wherever he goes. So he had this understanding of both local and global. So not only do we need to have that understanding as individuals, but we need to have that understanding as a church. As a church, we want to continue to have our focus near and far. So in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, September 15th, we're going to say, who's your one? We all have them. Who's your one or who's your ones? Who are you talking to? Who have you been praying for? Who have you been trying to describe who Christ is? Who have you been telling of the signs and wonders? And we want to be a tool in your hand. So for four or five weeks, we're going to just take that song that I mentioned, and we're going to rip it all apart, and we're going to share about how good God is. And we're going to tell them. You're like, well, then that's not really for me because I follow Christ. Are you kidding me? It's absolutely for you. 
So Paul said in the very first part of this, you're equipped, you're ready. He's confident of their knowledge, but he needed to remind them of a few things. So this service will, this series that we're about to head into will remind us of some of the great ways that God is good in our life so that now we're reminded and we can go and keep talking about it and make sure that we're living according to those good characteristics of God that he's giving us. But it's for others. So who's your one? Who have you been praying for? Who will you get here on the 15th? Who will hear that message for the next three or four weeks? Who? Because we need to go out into their lives. And we'll, your church right here will be a tool in your hand. Okay? But then we're going to do more. You've heard, us talk about the, you've heard us talk about foster care, right? And how we want to enter into kids' lives. Well, that's just not because we think it's a good thing. That's just not because, hey, we should do some, you know, serving stuff in our community. No, it's because God said, because Jesus literally said, go take care of the orphans and the widows. We were commanded to take care of the orphans and the widows. Now, orphans show up in all sorts of different types, ways, and in, 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 in environments and everything else. But at least in our culture, one of the primary ways that we can find orphans collected together is how? In the foster system. So we're going to step into their lives. You're like, well, okay, well, uh, okay. Okay, so maybe that one doesn't do it for you. How about this one? We talk about it often when we talk about the children of our own church, and we talk about parenting, right? In Deuteronomy, it says wherever you go, whether you're walking, you're coming, you're going, you're eating, you, you're going through the door, out the door, you're in the city, teach the word of God to your children. That's the command for parents, right? So all of a sudden, parents lose their, children lose their parents. Who teaches them? Parents get, children get ripped out of their homes. Who teaches them? We do. We do. God had a plan for that. We teach them. And so we're going to step into their lives. So this week, we're going to find ways, more ways to walk alongside foster parents, whether they know Christ or they don't know Christ. Because if they don't know Christ, we need to step into those kids' lives and help teach them. So we're going to meet with social services and plan out our next foster, night, foster parent night out. But we're also going to be talking to them this week about how we can come alongside their training and help give them a really great atmosphere for the parents and the kids. So I'll be bringing that back to you because we'll do that as a church. We'll go into their lives. But, but there's another thing too, right? So in two weeks, you're going to see a team up here, and we're going to introduce that team to you because we're heading to Kansas City for two days. When we get to Kansas City, we're going to be going through a conference, a two-day conference that teaches us how to use and how to initiate this program called Care Portal. So the Care Portal, portal like opening portal. I don't know. can't say the word. So that's what it is. And what is it? It's this... <laughs> This is database. Check this out now. That if you are a reporting agent, a teacher, teachers, uh-huh, a teacher, a social worker, a doctor, a nurse, if you are a reporting agent, a police officer, on and on it goes, right? All the time you run into situations where if the only way to really get them help is to call social services. But you know, if you call social services, those kids are gone. And the parents are doing their very best that they can. It's not a situation where it's necessarily abuse or because they're on drugs or something else. They're just like, they don't have any food. And so all of a sudden, a social worker is going to show up at their house. They're going to open the refrigerator and go, you got no food. Literally, you got hours to get food in this refrigerator. We're taking your kids. And they're like, look at my bank account. Look at my pockets. I can't get food. And it breaks the social worker's heart. The teacher already knew that was the situation. And what do they do? Where can they go? Have you seen it come together now? So they get to report it to this database. And this database, it sends out a request to all the churches that are involved. And suddenly within, you know, 
milliseconds. It's hitting people's computers. Hey, so-and-so needs a refrigerator full of food. And then everybody's seeing it. Whoever's on that database, whoever's saying, yes, yeah, send me emails. And all of a sudden, like just happened last night, we got a call and there was a family that needed food. And so we get, went to the grocery store. We stockpiled a, a grocery cart full of food and we brought it over to their house. And we'll do the same thing, except for churches will come together. And this church right here is going to try the leading the way of bringing churches together and saying, let's not neglect our kids and let's find ways to get into their lives and tell them about Jesus. We're going to keep reaching out to people. We're going to continue trying to develop our partnership with Parkview High and helping kids that are in need that need to know about Christ. We're going to continue walking alongside of staff fellowship as they walk alongside of teachers and pray for them and try to get teachers together and encourage them on their campuses. We're going to continue to do everything we can to go as a church while you are going individually because we understand our call is both global and local. And then we are going to go globally. We've had three main partnerships in the, la- in the recent years, and those partnerships have been in Romania, where because of a team that went and other things that God was doing and taking place and people of this church providing incredible resources, there's a children's uh, uh, um, home that's being built and it's underway. There's been teams that have gone to Romania who have declared the gospel and trained up pastors in the gospel to declare it. There's teams that have gone to Romania that have just been available to encourage and challenge the missionaries and pray for them that are there. We're going to continue that partnership, and we're going to see it expand this year because we're going to be a church that goes globally and locally. We've had a partnership with Haiti where we've helped to take care of kids who've been orphaned in the streets and and have no parents or family, and we've sought to pour money and time and influence into that place. And then we've been a partner with India, and we've had been able to support Lena, who's a a, a, a natural citizen there. That's that's her that's her uh, that's her country. And so she's been pouring into there, starting over 80 churches and training over 60 pastors and bringing food to those who have no food. Literally, we were there in January and we saw truckloads of rice, you know, those big giant 50-pound bags, 100-pound bags of rice coming off trucks. And this was the part that blew my mind. Like I had been a part of a lot of things like that in a lot of different countries where we have these big feeding centers and we see these amazing things happen. But I had never seen this. Literally, I'm looking and there are families and kids climbing through the bush and they have traveled four or five hours on foot to get there so they can get a bag of rice and take it home. She's doing amazing work, and we're going to continue to partner with her. All right, Kevin, we got time to show it today. But they have this other thing. What she's done is she knows that she has to get people that are in that caste system. It still exists there. And she knows that she has to give them an opportunity. She knows she'll never be able to break the cycle of poverty by bringing bags of rice. So she started a couple different places where they can learn and grow. Many parts of India are an incredibly advanced culture and economy. I mean, they have, they have every type of engineer, every type of doctor. You, can, you imagine they have it. Matter of fact, most of you work for tech companies, or a lot of you do, and you probably send people to India all the time. Except for if you're in the wrong caste system, if you are in the wrong social class, you don't get the benefits of those things. And you don't get the training. And so what she did is she put together this computer tech school so that we can, um, uh, so they can learn how to use computers, so they can learn software, they can learn to, to be a part of a global economy, but they're also learning English. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. It's a pretty, we put it together roughly, so don't, don't, don't hold us to the quality here, all right? Let's go ahead, let's show it, Kevin. We're standing here in Serve Trust uh, computer education room. 
Now, um, we're going to show you something, and uh, we just want you to see the workstations everybody's working on. We want to see you, uh, we want to let you, uh, tell you a little bit about the people that have, uh, are going to school here. Um, <clears throat> most of them are in college, um, but they don't get access to computer training and computer learning while they're going through that for the majority of people. And, uh, and they come from rural areas. So Lena goes and gathers um, through all of her different ministry sites. She gathers people to come to the program. And right now you can see, I'm going to kind of move out of, the, out of your way a little bit because uh, I want you to be able to see. So you got your different workstations here, right? And each of these individual workstations are dated, incredibly dated. They're, they're wobbly. They're, they're, uh, they're machines and computer systems um, that honestly we got rid of in most of our areas about, you know, 10 years ago. And uh, um, there's only enough room for five stations right now. They're using equipment that is incredibly outdated, but it's also, they're using programs that haven't been updated in years. And uh, they need some help. And I think we can give it to them. Now, here's what we need to do. We need to update this place. Think about it for a minute. Let's go back into this demo room. I mean, first of all, we can, we can do amazing things in here, right? We could take this whole room, we could, uh, we, it can create more stations, more workspace. I, I know that right now some of you, your, your minds are like running a mile a minute because you're like, oh man, we could have a monitor up here, we could have interactive things on the screens, we could be, you know, networking all the computers together so the instructors can go right. I know you, uh, the, the people that are watching this right now are thinking, this is my field of expertise. You have the opportunity right now to change lives, to change entire villages, to change entire cultures and communities, not to, to, to engage in, you know, just the capitalist machine, but to help educate. Because here's the other thing they're learning. They're learning English as they sit here. And that's one of Lena's big needs. She needs English teachers to come in here and to teach spoken English, everyday workplace English. And here's what I think. I think this is something Leesburg. Leesburg Community Church can get behind. I think this is something that makes sense to those of us that work uh, with computers every day, IT every day, have, have students that we've been training and teaching our own kids since they were little ones how to live in a world that is driven by computer, computer language, and the need to excel in the business world. Um, we can do this. And by the way, the gospel, it's coming in here. The gospel's coming with it. So uh, let's do this. Let's put our brains together. Let's see what God might do. And um, who knows? All right. Um, yeah, that's what I got for now. <laughs> like I said, rough video. But you get a little picture of what it is. We're going to change it. We're going to be Lena's hands and feet. We're going to bring what she needs to get even more people in there, to train them better, equip them better, and to share Jesus with them. It's not a Christian school. She is not allowed to just sit there and preach the gospel. She'll be shut down, and she'll lose her, her, uh, her life. She has a license to go do some of these things, and she'll lose it. But any person there can simply talk about their relationship with Jesus. Any person in the context of teaching how to use a computer or teaching how to use a different type of software or teaching a computer language, if you will, right, you can talk about your faith. In talk, in teaching English and just business spoken, everyday English, we can talk about Jesus. Come on, man. We live in Silicon Valley East. We can do this. So we're starting today. That's why I wanted you to keep that card. 
We're starting today. We're going to put together a team. And that team's going to figure out how to best equip that, that location. This team's going to figure out what kind of supplies they need. This team's going to figure out how to get it. This team's going to send a few people over there to make sure we're doing it the right way. This team's going to be spending time talking to Lena. This team's going to be spending time praying. Some people on this team will actually go over there, and some people won't. But we'll be going with our resources, our time, our talents, our money. And we're going to see the gospel declared in a country that less than 3% of the population knows Jesus. We have to have a vision for going that is local and global. Now, let me end with this. God had a plan to use Paul, and he has a plan to use you. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming. What's God's plan for you? It may hinder you from doing something else you wanted to do. It may hinder you from a different plan you had. But just as God had a plan for Paul, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for our church. And it absolutely involves going. Because not one person who claims the name of Jesus Christ is exempt from going. The plan might be your neighborhood. The plan might be where you work. The plan might be your school. I don't know where the plan is. The plan might be at some time in your life a different country. But the truth of the matter is, he has a plan. And more than likely, it'll hinder your current plans. Will you go? Will you go? Father, help us to do that. Help us to be a church and a people that go. Help us to sacrifice everything for you. You made us belong to you. You gave us one another to support one another. And you gave us this incredible purpose in our life to go into all the world. You equipped us with your spirit that we never, ever need to think we don't have what it takes because it takes you and you've given us you. So, Father, whether we go near or we go far, help us to go with your word and your gospel. You are an amazing God. Thank you for loving us in such amazing ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Before you leave. Take that card. I'll be mentioning it for the next two or three weeks. Be a part of this India team. Be a part of something. Be a part of what God's doing right here. Put it down there. Let us know. Email me. Grab me. Hit me over the head. Whatever you got to do. Well, let's get you moving where God has you moving, okay? If it's not one of those directions, but God has given you something, please, please come and tell me because not only do I want to pray, I want to see how we can make it happen in your life right away. All right? We love you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next week.